welcome to another episode of Bonsai Stuff, a podcast by me, Scott Martin, from Bonsai Matsu in Melbourne, Australia. As I look outside, it's a grey, miserable, wet day, uh, and it just reminded me that uh, the weather's turned. We've definitely got colder weather coming through, especially those colder nights, so the trees should be starting to colour up nicely, and quite a few have actually dropped their leaves already. It's almost ready for black pine work time. A lot of the uh, the other single flush pines, the work on those can be done done now. Um, but an important time for watering because even though it's cold, it's wet, it's miserable, the pots can still still be quite dry. So when I uh, when you look outside and see the grounds grounds wet, you still need to do a check on the trees, uh, especially natives. Natives seem to be kicking on quite strongly at the moment too, which is great. Um, never seem to stop growing actually, but if you uh, if you get yourself um, a moisture meter, something like that, from one of the one of the hardware stores or or garden centres around the place, they're um, they're invaluable, especially when you're getting used to your trees or getting to understand the watering needs of the of the trees, different species at different times. Just uh, just keep an eye on that. This episode uh, is called One Cut at a Time. Um, I was told very early days by someone, um, someone very knowledgeable in bonsai that it's often better to do something than do nothing, which has stayed with me throughout a lot of my learning, and it's true. Leaving a tree to just continue to grow on and being too afraid to make a cut or make a decision with the future direction of the tree is far worse than making a decision that maybe needs to get changed further down the track. Letting a tree continue to, to grow and get long and leggy can have a negative effect on branch structuring and uh, taper of the tree can have an impact on on the, the formal um, alignment of the tree where you may need to make a harder decision further down the track and go backwards far more than what you would have if you'd made an average decision or a slightly incorrect decision at an earlier date. So making the making the cut is going to be far better for you than, than not doing it. Doing it wrong, you can always improve things, but you can't wind back the clock when it comes to growing. And that's one thing that you know happy healthy bonsai will continue to grow. So they will get longer, they will get thicker, they will will continue to develop whether you sit there and ponder with scissors in hand, scratching your head, or whether you actually make the cut. So Another thing when it comes to making the cuts too is you must make sure that you know you use the right tool for the for the right job. There's so many different bonsai tools out there, so many different manufacturers, so many different styles, you know, there's fifteen different sizes of branch cutters which, you know, they're all they're all different, they've all got their unique jobs. There are obviously tools that will will generally fit the equation of what you're looking for, but you know, as you do develop your, your toolkit. You know, try and make it that you do get something that, that fits the purpose of what you're looking to do. You know, fine branch cutters are, are beautiful and I love them, but you can't use them on medium branch, medium-sized branches because you will damage the tools. So it's the right tool for the, for the right job. And when it comes to tool maintenance, you know, make sure that you, you're cleaning them, getting the old sap off them, uh, making sure that they're protected from rust because every cut that you make on your trees... It's got to be almost surgical. You want it to heal as quickly as it possibly can. So having tools which may be a second rate, a bit rough, you know, maybe not as well looked after as what they possibly should be, 
it won't be to the benefit of the tree at all. And, and really, tool maintenance is one of those simple things that you do it regularly. It doesn't take very long. If you sit aside and say, okay, you know, every June I'm going to get my tools out and give them a clean and a polish and sharpen, well, you know, there's a long, there's a lot of time involved, and there's also a lot of pruning after that date that's going to get done. You know, the first couple of trees will be okay, but from then on it just goes backwards. So keeping your tools maintained will equate to your trees being healthier and making them heal far better than if you use tools which aren't, aren't well maintained. So, yeah, look after your tools. Keep them nice and sharp too. A little bit often is far better than not enough infrequently. One, uh, one big thing, another thing that I was taught, was to give the tree the respect it deserves. No matter what stage the tree's at, no matter what the tree costs, no matter how big or how small it is, every bonsai that you work on deserves your utmost respect. So you get a brand new little starter you pick up from a nursery. You know, Don't just smash into it, put wire all over it and bend it 15 different ways and throw it back out on the bench and leave it out there. Look at it, what does it need? What's the next stage of development of that tree? You know, what what are you looking to do with it? You know, it's not just a it's not just a stick in a pot. It's actually something which somewhere down the track will be one of the trees that you'll stop and look at and you'll love. So, you need to give it the respect it deserves. And if you get, you know, you, like we're coming up to black pine season, so it's it's mid autumn here. The trees are are starting to to slow down the growth, and the needles are starting to harden off. So it's almost time for for black pine work. Now you. You know, in my yard, there's, I've lost count of how many black pines there are hundreds. And as everyone comes across the bench, I don't think about the next tree that I'm going to be working on. I don't think about how many are left to be worked on. I think about the tree that I'm working on at that particular point. So when it's on your bench, when you've got the tools in hand, stop, concentrate, and just think about what it is you're trying to do with that particular tree. Don't think about the others. Think about that particular one. Making your cuts on your trees, there's a technique that I use which I found really, really, um, really, really helpful when you've got very dense uh, trees to work with and you need to be making fine cuts. So you've got your nice sharp scissors, you've maintained them, you've cleaned them, they're oiled, they're ready to go. What you need to be careful of is making the cut where you want to make the cut. So when you go in to make the the prune go in with your scissors closed keep them closed until you reach the point where you want to make the cut against the branch with the tip of your scissors then open your scissors move the scissors forward over the branch then cut if you go in uh, one of the poor techniques um, that i've seen is where you're going with your scissors open and you're you're ready to make the cut and you push your scissors in there and what you're doing is you're going to collect other branches or other needles or leaves or anything like that on the way in to make the cut. So keep your scissors closed, go in until you reach the point of where you want to make the cut, open the scissors, slide them over the branch, then make the cut. Same applies with branch cutters or anything like that or wire cutters when, you, when you're wiring the tree. You want to make sure that you keep them closed, get them to where you want to make the particular cut, open, make the cut, close them, take them back out. So you're only focusing exactly where you want to make the cut. We're talking about cutting and that sort of stuff too is a technique that I want to try and avoid as much as possible is hedge pruning. You know, it's not topiary we're working with, it's bonsai. So um, hedge pruning is one of those things where you can quickly take a tree and 
and clip it around the edges and it looks quite nice. It has a, a beautiful full silhouette. But we're almost at the point now where winter is the time where especially deciduous trees are going to show their, their glory or, or lack of care. To be honest, one or the other, it's a flip of a coin. So if you're hedge pruning over the spring period and summer period, trees look nice and full and they'll give you a great satisfaction. Then they'll drop their leaves and you'll look at them and go, eesh, is that really what I want? Do I want a bonsai that, that has a horrible branch structure that can only be shown when it's in full leaf? Also, the hedge pruning encourages the growth on the outer, uh, the outer perimeter of the tree, which means that there's not going to be any light getting through to the central part of the tree, which is where the buds that we'll cut back to one day, as the tree gets too long, we need those inner buds to cut back to. It's one of the secrets of Bonzo that was taught to me is inner buds. Uh, watering and inner buds are the two things um, that, I, that I was told one day. And it's so true that if you can get those two factors right, the, the styling and shaping and that sort of stuff, it's great. You can make a tree look pretty, but you need to also think about the tree long term and a long way down the track, you know, five five years down the track. What's going to happen when the beautiful tree that you've styled now that looks great on the bench and looks pretty in a photo, when that keeps growing and growing, if, if you're only hedge pruning and you're focusing on the outer shell of the tree and not working on those inner buds that you can cut back to later on, then you're going to have a tree which you know maybe maybe isn't going to stand the true test of time. So don't, don't hedge prune your trees. Going back to what I said earlier, doing something is far better than nothing. If you don't have time and you need to knock back some growth, definitely give it a give it a quick whip around the edges, then come back to it, improve the structure, work on the work, work on the fundamentals when you can, when you've got the time for it. Uh, you don't want to have um, issues spreading between trees as well. So this is we're coming back to the to the cleaner tools. Is that um, having clean tools? will stop you from transferring issues between one tree to the next. So the habit that I get into is, you know, I'll work on a tree, I'll clean my tools, give them a nice little scrub up, sharpen them, then move on to the next tree. So it's it's every tree that I work on, the, tree, the, the tools that I'm using are getting a clean up. So if I do have new stock that's got some kind of issue, fungus, whatever it is, or I'm working on a tree for somebody, when I'm going from that tree to another tree, I'm not transferring the problem through the tools that I'm using. So keeping them clean doesn't take very much, but it's a massive, uh, massive difference. Another thing, when you do get your trees on the bench and you're cleaning them, you're pruning them, you're removing the wire, because now's a really good time to remove the wire too. You know, things have grown, things have thickened up, and you need to as part of your, part of your process is to remove that wire. Having the branches swell slightly, the new fibers growing around the wire is not generally a problem. You want to try and avoid scarring as much as you possibly can as a general rule, but uh, it's not the end of the world if you do get a little bit of scarring on most trees, most species. Some species will show it forever. You know, cedars, for instance, you know, it's very hard to get rid of scarring on, on trunks of cedars, but overall it's not the end of the world. But you do need to remove that wire. The deeper it cuts in, the more growth it gets around that wire, the harder it is for it to be removed. So doing it as you're working on the trees on a regular basis, you know, it's, it's a far better way of doing it. Now, I was removing wire off, uh, off a Japanese white pine the other day, and it's actually, I, I think with bonsai, one of, the, one of the things I love about it is it's, it's a continual learning process. You know, you can always improve. You can always do things that little bit better. You can always make your trees healthier. You can always make them look better. And one of the things that I think with wiring, as you're removing the wiring, it's a real opportunity to retrospectively look at 
what you've done, how you've done it, the techniques that you've applied, and how you could do it better. How could you improve that wiring? I was looking at this tree that was wired, I think about 18 months ago, and you know there was parts of it that I really liked, but the finer wiring, I could see where I'd obviously got tied because it's a big tree. And you know when, when you're wiring, you start at the lower branches, wire those, and you move up the tree towards the apex. And I must have, must have done this thing in one sitting, and you know, wiring a big tree can be hours and hours and hours of work with the clean-up and, and whatever else. So I could see that at the lower branches as I was removing wire, the wiring was quite nice, it was tight, the branches were held in place, and as I removed it, they stayed set in position. As I worked my way up the tree and I got a bit tired and a bit lazy and a bit sloppy with what I'd done, I could see that you know the wire wasn't in, in complete contact. Yeah, sure, it made the tree look nice. As I said, you know, looking nice is one thing, but the structure on the tree, as I removed the wire, the branches had been allowed to move around. They weren't set in place. So I had to go back and redo work that if I'd done it properly the first time, if I'd maybe had a break on that tree and not continued wiring in one hit and come back to it the next day or the next week or whatever it was, then now the tree would be set in a position where I wouldn't have to redo that work. So doing it properly the first time is far better than rushing it, cutting corners, and then having to come back and, and do it down the track. Because when you talk about bonsai, you don't talk days or weeks. You know, you're talking years. You know, so so doing something properly now will show good results for you years down the track. It's not flicking a switch to say it's going to be perfect tomorrow. You're doing something now that in two years' time you'll come back to that tree and go, "Wow, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what I want." Lately I've been doing a lot of work on trees in my collection, getting ready for end of autumn pruning on a lot of the deciduous trees, trying to keep up with the, the natives with their growth, but also a lot of the pines and, and cedars and, and that sort of thing, um, giving them the clean-up that they need at this time of year. And I wanted to just, I suppose, talk about the process that I go through every time I get a tree on my bench. And it's a simple thing that, you know, I, I do subconsciously, but I thought the other day as I put a tree on the, on the bench, I thought, okay, so if I had to explain to someone, what do I do? How, how am I going to do that? Like, how do I go through this, this checklist that I have in my head? And I thought it was actually really simple. Just write it down. So here it is. When the tree first gets put onto the bench, the first thing I look at, does the tree need repotting? I keep a, keep a tag the back of the tree, which shows when it was last repotted. I'll also have a feel of the soil, check the bottom of the pot, see if there's any roots coming out. Also then look at the, the flow of water through the, through the pot as well. You know, is the, is, the, is the tree getting appropriately watered? Get out the moisture meter, have a look at it. So it'll be one of the basic, thing, basic things that when it gets to repotting time for the tree, at, you know, whatever it is, you know, July, August, whenever, um, does the tree need to get in, put into the, the, the pile of trees that need to be repotted? That's the first thing. Second thing I do is I look at the tree, the overall health of the tree, and I'll ask myself the question, does it need feeding? Has it been fed? You know, have, have the roots started growing into the fertilizer bags that I use? What's the overall health of the tree? I'll look at the, the needle or leaf quality of the tree. 
and just check if there's any damage, you know, what's the needle length like, you know, the leaves full, do they have any discoloration, is there any deformities, that sort of thing. So I'll review the health of the tree. And then I'll start going through and I'll look for pests, you know, has any damage been made by, by bugs that I haven't looked at? Is there anything that I need to do at this time of year? Obviously everything's been through the spraying cycle and I've kept an eye on everything, but when it's there in front of you and I'm checking the leaf quality, I'm also looking for bugs pests, fungus, anything like that. One important one I do is when I put it onto the turntable, I spin the tree around, I look for consistent growth across the whole tree. You know, obviously with a lot of trees, you can't rotate them to face north so the back gets equal sun as well as what the front does. So, you know, sometimes you'll find the growth to be a little bit uh, inconsistent and that's, that's, a, that's a problem. You want to make sure that your trees are growing consistently, evenly, all the way around and if that means you know quarter turn every month something like that to to share the the sun's love well then you have to do it so uh, it'll also show whether something's been damaged or if you know there's been possums nibbling on on part of the tree so i'll spin the tree around on the turntable i have a look for consistent growth also maybe means you know they'll look at and consider the position of the tree in the yard if it's not getting good consistent growth then think about where the tree's kept you know is there an overhanging branch from a from a a garden tree that shades it so it doesn't get sunlight at the peak of the day. So you think it's in an open position, but it's really maybe not getting enough sunlight across part of the tree. So, you know, does the tree need to go into a new position? I'll also look at the weeds in the pot. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Everyone struggles when they get you know more than about ten or twenty trees to to keep up with the weeding on the bonsais. But it's definitely something that has to be done. You know, those weeds are sapping. All the goodness that you're putting onto the trees and all the hard work that you're putting in there, they're taking the resources that are there for your bonsai away. So, you know, do the, do the weeds need to be done? <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll also check the, the trunk line of the tree and I'll check the front position. You know, is the, does this, the tree still hold character for me the way it's currently positioned in the pot? Or could it be could it be repositioned? You know, I'll look at the key branches on the tree. Are they still are they still key branches? Do they still provide me with the design aesthetics that I'm looking for with that tree? I'll look at the wiring. Does the tree need to be wired? When I put it on the bench, is it just a clip and grow cut that I'm going to do? Where you know you're obviously pruning so the directional growth of the the, the next bud that grows is going to be where you want it to go or does the branch need to be wide does the tree need to have its its structure improved at all the the real key one i suppose that one of the last things that i do is what's next for the tree what's the next step in the evolution of this bonsai because it's not going to stay static for very long even if it looks lovely it's still going to have growth it's still going to go to that next phase so what's next going to happen for this and the final thing that I'll look at is how can I improve the tree? How can I make it happier? How can I make it healthier? How can I improve the leaf size of the tree? How can I improve the, the airflow or air circulation that that, that tree is going to get? You know, do I need to look at a different pot to make the tree better? Do it, does it go onto a slab? Does it go onto a rock? Does, you know, what do I need to do with that tree? What's the next step and how can I improve it? So that's a simple process before i pick up scissors before i start tearing into trees i look at them every single one of them and that's the process that i go through so that brings us to the end of another podcast um 
I want to sort of finish by saying thank you to everybody. You know, there's been a lot of a lot of emails coming through lately um, with some very very kind words, which is really encouraging. Um, it's a it's a Sunday morning here in Melbourne, and um, I flew out of bed this morning with the sole intention of doing another podcast based on a couple of emails that I received last night. So thank you very much. It means a lot to me. I do uh, I do appreciate the Bonsai community. It's it's broad. It's far reaching. And it's full of lovely people. So thank you very much. Um, I will continue on with this. There's a, there's a lot I've got planned for, for future podcasts. So subscribe, stay informed. And if you do want to reach out and get in touch with me, please do so by any of the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, um, via the website, bonzomatsu.com. I'm, uh, I'm more than happy to give my two cents wherever it's asked for. So um, keep up with the work. There's a lot to happen at the moment. As I said at the start, please watch the watering. It's a, it's an awkward time of the year. You know, it's wet, it's cold, but it, you know the trees may still need some some watering. So don't just assume because the ground's wet that your trees have got what they need. Keep up the feeding. We're still going. Uh, there's another month of, of trees withdrawing resources. So um, doing so now may not look like you're going to get much benefit, but when spring comes around, you are going to get a kick. So uh, keep it up. Um, until next time, happy bonsai.